How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The Search Special. Landry Locker, Clint Sterner, about to be joined by John McClain. The city's going nuts. The city's going nuts. I remember... A time not so long ago, Clint. About a year and a half ago, Nick Casario looked like he was going to be the next GM of the Houston Texans. Everybody was happy. Hell yeah, Casario's the only scenario we chanted on In the Loop. Everybody was excited. But here we are, a year and a half, and a guy with six Super Bowl rings with a damn impressive resume looks like the front runner, and we'll get the confirmation from the general in a sec. And people are losing their effing minds. Yeah, look, I mean that's that's the the wrath of Bill O'Brien, right? I mean that that's that's what Bill O'Brien has 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 left. I think that's the taste that's in everybody's mouth is that you've got the the Patriot way failed miserably, and and we're right in the middle of well, we're right at the end of of the fallout, and it's painful to think that that's that's the direction that the organization's going to continue to go in if, if they do indeed hire Nick Casario. It will be interesting. Joining us now, Landry Locker, Clint Sterner. Uh, it is the search uh, here on Sports Radio 610. Some special programming uh, for all of you. NFL Hall of Famer John McClain. John, just straight up, Nick Casario right now, based on everybody you've talked to, all the information you've gathered, does he seem like the front runner to be the general manager of the Houston Texans? No, he's not the front runner. He will be the new general manager of the Texans. I expect it to happen tomorrow. Uh, uh, Casario's also been a coach with them, offensive assistant, quarterback's coach, receiver's coach. He assists the coaches on game day, and he's got six Super Bowl rings. He's been Bill Belichick's right-hand man for a long time. I've talked to a lot of people that worked with him, and they said he's not Bill Belichick. He's his own guy. Cal McNair has warned him. Two times now, and I think it would be a very shrewd hire by Cal McNair to get a guy who is universally respected around the NFL. This will get a lot of praise around the NFL, but because of Bill O'Brien, Casario is going to have to come in here and prove that he's his own man. You know, they he'll have to he'll hire a coach. Cal McNair will sign off on it. They want a guy, a leader of men, somebody who'll stand in front of the room, command respect, not just with the players and the coaches. But everybody in the building, they want people who will work together and their goal, of course, to win a Super Bowl. And I haven't found anybody that I've talked to, a couple of people who've covered the team, people who worked with them and used to work with them. I haven't found anybody say anything bad about Casario. I've never seen anything written bad about Nick Casario. Just good. 
John, can, can you clarify? If you say you, you don't ex- expect him to be the next head coach, he will be. I mean, I'm sorry, the next GM, he will be the next GM, and it'll be announced tomorrow. Is that, I mean, no, it, I, I expect he'd be hired tomorrow. I don't know when it'd be announced, but I expect him to be hired as the GM. Okay, there we go. Right off the top, that's coming in about clear. It's about as hot. That's about as hot as we can come in, John. So, how do you feel about I'm, how do you feel about this, and what does this mean for Jack Easterby? That that would be my question to you, because that's that's I, I think that's why a lot of people are uneasy about Nick Casario is that they don't want Jack Easterby around. That that seems to be a popular consensus. Well, as was the case with Bill O'Brien, Casario as the GM will have final say on everything. Jack used to be doesn't make decisions without running them past Bill O'Brien. Talk, we talked about that forever, and that's the way it would be with Casario. Cal McNair said three weeks ago when I interviewed him that Cal and the new GM would determine his fate. And so Casario worked with him for six years. They're friends. I expect Easterby to be here as the executive VP of football ops and serve as Casario's right-hand man the way you serve as Bill O'Brien's right-hand man. And, of course, Cal McNair signs off on the big big moves. But I think getting Casario, knowing what people think about him around the league and how much respect it get, I think it's a hell of a move by Cal McNair to get him. Now they got to get the right head coach. That's even, to me, more important. Selfishly, as somebody who covers the team, the Patriots are the toughest team in the NFL to cover. For every media person up there, they're the worst. So I'm way eager to see Will Casario and the new coach, will it, will they create a Houston way or will they try to recreate the Patriot way? And I'm told it will be a Houston way. John, how does it, how does it, uh, this impact the, the, or narrow the focus of, of the coaching search? Obviously, um, you know, these GMs have coaches in mind and they have usually a history with, with a certain coach. What, how does this impact – if Nick Casario is named the GM, how does it impact the coaching service? Names that, that we could expect to be tossed around. Well, first of all, Clint, one that I was worried about was Josh McDaniels. He will not be hiring Josh McDaniels. He coached a long time. He's got six Super Bowl rings. He coached a long time with Brian Dayball, the offensive coordinator at Buffalo, who's done an incredible job with the Bills and Josh Allen. Uh, while Casario has six rings, Dayball has five uh, with the Patriots. They're both 45 years old. Dayball has been an offensive coordinator for different teams. But there's some guys they've interviewed, and there's some more guys. They're going to interview Arthur Smith of the Titans, Maddie Bufloos from uh, the uh, Colts, and uh, they've interviewed some coaches, interviewed Joe Brady, Carolina's offensive coordinator today. Of course, they interviewed uh, – uh, Marvin Lewis and Jim Caldwell. I know they were really impressed with both of those guys, especially Caldwell, but it'll be Crucerio's hire. And, uh, I would expect it to be somebody he has a relationship with. And because he's been around so long, he started in the NFL when he's 26. I'm sure he knows a lot of coaches. I've been trying to just, you know, connect the dots because that's that's obviously the next place that you look. Like, where are his connections? I guess Arthur Smith, uh, the connection with Vrabel because Vrabel was in New England for a while. So maybe you have that. Uh, the the Dable that, that you've mentioned, the McDaniel's. Uh, I, this is just this is random as hell, and I don't even know if this is a guy. He's gotten a couple of interviews, but what about Brandon uh, Staley out there? 
in Los Angeles with the Rams because I know he coached at John Carroll and Nick Casario went to to John Carroll. Maybe maybe that's like an outside the box uh, type of thought. Which, by the way, if you think people are pissed off at Casario, you hire someone that they've never heard of. It's going to get even crazier, Clint. Oh, it's going to be a nightmare. Brandon Staley has the best defense in the NFL in his first year as a coordinator. He's done a tremendous job, but I don't see him. He's getting some interviews. I'd be surprised if he got hired here. I think they, if they're going to go a defensive route, it'd be more likely to go with a guy like Matt Eberflus, who knows this roster better than anybody from going against him twice a year with the Colts. Robert Sala, who was here six years, he's a personal favorite of mine. But Arthur Smith, he knows this defense well. He's uh, He has obliterated this defense twice this year and last year when he was the coordinator. He's done a tremendous job. Everybody wants to interview him when the Titans lose, which could be this weekend because Baltimore wants revenge for last year. And it could be Arthur Smith. I've heard nothing but good things about him too. But do not put Josh McDaniels on the list because he's not on that's the second time you've mentioned that, John. Who who, who are you talking to? Why are you so strong in Josh McDaniels not being the not being the guy? Because I know he won't be the guy. That's easy. What, what do you make of what do you make of Eric Bieniemy and and Robert Sala? Those two names having having not been linked to the Texans at this point in time, considering they're two of the I would say another top of the list of of the majority of the lists that I've seen. They haven't been linked to the Texans. What's what's the deal with that? Well, Bienemy can only interview this week, and they've been interviewing other people. And his next chance to interview is going to be after they're eliminated. And I don't know when a guy's preparing for the playoffs, and he's got to worry about multiple teams for his first game. Uh, I don't. I feel bad for guys like Bienemy who are trying to impress people on Zoom interviews when he's got so many other responsibilities. As far as Robert Sala, the Forty ers are out of the playoffs. Teams are reaching out to him. The Texans have not reached out. Don't know if they will, but I know they haven't so far. NFL Hall of Famer John McClain with us. This is absolutely uh, insane. A lot of stuff going on. We got the uh, Casario stuff coming down, looking like he's going to be the next GM. Uh, no Josh McDaniels, uh, according to John. So there's there's a lot going on here uh, as the search continues. Uh, John, what do you think about the future of J.J. Watt? What do you think that J.J. Watt – thinks when he sees, and, and he's basically called out Easterby. He's mentioned the article himself. What does J.J. Watt think when he sees that they're bringing in another guy from the Patriot way from kind of the same tree as Bill O'Brien and Easterby? What do you think J.J. Watt thinks about this? I think J.J. would be impressed with his six Super Bowl rings since J.J. wants one. I think a lot of it depends on who the head coach is, what what defensive coordinator do they hire what changes do they make on defense i fully expect jj to be back next season but everything's up in the air but players players are just as eager to find these things out as we are another thing by getting casario and knocking this out quick they can get right in the middle of all the head coaching candidates and hire the head coach and then get to work on uh on uh improving this defense and this team overall. One of the things the Patriots did for years, and I thought them going seven and nine last year was such poor play at quarterback with Cam Newton. I thought that was pretty remarkable. I mean, they were three games better than the Texans, even though the Texans beat them. So they've done that. 
John McClain uh, losing connection, and half their team did opt out. You know, I, I've I've heard uh, you know a lot of you know well you know the Patriots fell off without Tom Brady. That's yeah. true, but let's compare the Tampa Bay roster to the New England roster. They had damn near half their team opt out, and they did have basically a project. In yeah, Cam Newton. they were impacted more by the the opt outs than any team in the league. I would I would say right. I mean, yeah. and so so no, and, and they were key every single too. starting linebacker. Yeah, I think say and, and every single one a all safety, four. Um, an offensive line, a couple offensive linemen. Edelman yeah. was hurt. Edelman was hurt. Yes, yeah, so they they had they were banged up, but but nonetheless, I, it's it's to me the Seth Payne. I saw his tweet earlier. He tweeted that they've. In the last eight seasons, they've drafted two Pro Bowl yeah, players. Yeah, haven't been very good. I mean, so what? 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 What is? What is? Has Nick Casario done? And like, just from a bio standpoint, from a research, what has he done that everybody is is so high on? Other than everybody in the organization can say, well, they got six Super Bowl rings. Um, what? What? What does he bring to the table that makes you believe he's the guy to fix the problems for the Houston Texans? John, he's he has been a Belichick's right hand man. For a long time, since 2008, he's worked uh, with a lot of good people there. They pick low. You know, they're always picking low. I go, I don't know. I've never met the guy. But I'm going by what people tell me that worked there, used to work there and cover the team, and what they say about him. And they think he's going to do a hell of a job. And they know more about it than I do. All right, John, we appreciate you. We know you're busy. You're in high demand. Thanks for putting us first, sir. Landry and Clint, thank you guys very much as always, and stay safe. That's the legend, uh, John McClain, here on Sports Radio 610 Special uh, Search Programming. Coming up, let's get more into this scenario thing, uh, this Casario scenario, I should say. I, I'm, I'm not as down on it as, as a lot of people. I want to hear from the people, 713-572-4610. And as Clint likes to say, let's cuss and discuss this a little bit more next. Sports Radio 610 presents... The Search Special. Andrew Locker, Clint Sterner with you. The Search. It's still going, but it's shaping up a little bit. John McClain just joined us. My goodness. He did not beat around the bush. Looks like Nick Casario is going to be the general manager of the Houston Texans. We could get that announcement very soon. Cross Josh McDaniels off the list of head coaches. Easterby likely to hang around. And other than that, not much going on, Clint. Yeah, it, it, it narrows the focus, though, uh, Lock Dog of, of the of the coaching pool for for the Houston Texans. I would think, right? I mean, it 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 narrows that focus significantly. I hope I'm wrong, but you got to think that that the Belichick tree um, is is where he, uh, not Easterby, but hell, I guess Easterby's part of it. But Casario will be familiar with those guys and and put trust in those guys to be the head coach. If if uh, if not at, at, at the head coach position, also at the defense coordinator, the offense coordinator position as well. So um, it, it's things have definitely heated up in the last last hour. That's for damn sure. We, we keep talking about the Patriot way, and we'll hear from some some listeners seven one three five seven two four six ten. Do you think it's fair to lump the Patriot way and Nick Casario in with you know like Matt Patricia and Bill O'Brien here? Because I, I look at those guys as kind of Patriot way posers. You were there, like Bill O'Brien was there for a few years, and he thought that he invented football, but they'd already established, you know, the Patriot way, whatever whatever the hell that means, the, the Belichick way, the Brady way, however you want to say it. Casario's at least been there since day one. 
And he and, and he's been trusted to do a lot of things. I know James E. Hedebo, who joins us during the week, said, you know, he 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 was the one who worked me out when I went up there. Uh, he's he's helping out with personnel. Hell, in two thousand six or whatever, uh, two thousand five. When Randy Moss and Wes Welker were there, the guy hadn't even coached, and they made him a receivers coach. He wears a headset on game day. Do you think it's fair to lump in like the Patriot way with someone like Bill O'Brien, who I don't think don't even, doesn't even really know what the Patriot way is? I don't think he truly gets it with a guy who's been there since day one, like a Nick Casario. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think it's fair to, to to lump them in, even more so than your Bill O'Briens and your Matt Patricias. I think those are guys that try to do it. Um, the same way Belichick tried to do it, right? The difference between um, what's my man in my, Miami? My mind just Flores. Went Flores in Miami, and and some of the other guys that I feel like have branched out of the Patriot way and and done it done it their own way is is those guys aren't aren't trying to do it like Bill Belichick. There's some similar some similarities to how they run the organization, but they're not trying to be Belichick. They're their own people. Some the the the. The, to me, the the Bill O'Briens of the world and and the Matt Patricias of the world, they don't have the ability to be their own man and stand stand uh, you know independently from a Bill Belichick and run an organization the way that he runs it. And if Nick Casario, it just depends, right? Is Nick Casario more of the cut from the Flores cloth to where he's he's just living and learning and he's going to go do his own thing and run his own show, or is he living under Belichick and he's going to go somewhere else and try to duplicate Belichick? That's the problem is you can't duplicate Belichick. You got to be no. your own man and you got to you got to have your own it factor and you and, and so it's going to be it'll be interesting because like you said he's been attached at Belichick's hip. So we'd be crazy to sit here and think that he's not going to bring the Patriot way to Houston as the last regime tried to do. I just wonder if he tries to do it, you know, his own way and if he had more to do with it than say a Bill O'Brien who comes o- comes over and is one of many coordinators that's been successful with Tom Brady. I, I think it's just I, I think he might have a better grasp if you are trying to duplicate the Patriot way. I think he might have a better grasp of it than BOB. And, and something else I think and look, it, it, I heard you and Show talking about it and we've talked about it for damn near 2 years now. Easterby's been a disaster as a personnel guy. He's he's been a he's been awful. Uh he made it very clear that he was helping in all these areas that the Texans struggled in whether it was trades, whether it was the cap, whether it was all that. He was awful. But I do think that we do have to take into account that he did try to or he or Cal and Easterby and and whoever did try to hire Casario before. So before all this stuff started happening and and Jack Easterby was Bill O'Brien's right-hand man, yep. and he was helping with the draft and everything. They did try to hire Casario. Now, I don't know if that meant that Easterby would have continued to, to do what he did, and, and maybe we're having the same conversation, and we're lumping Casario in with B.O.B. and Easterby as, as like a three-headed monster. But they did try to hire Casario. So I just wonder if Easterby and Bill O'Brien being a package deal, it, it clearly wasn't the original plan. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they did They did at least try that. They did They did at least try yeah. that at one point. Well, the, I mean, the scary thing to me when I hear you laying that out, Locke, is is that, again, now now we're, we're going to sit here, and on the back end of that, we have to say, well, then all of the problems were Bill O'Brien. All the poor decisions were Bill O'Brien. Because if not, the, the, the all the guys that were, were to be figureheads that were either in the building or – 
they attempted to get in the building, they're all here now, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm not – to me, that's part of – I'm not comfortable right. with – I'm not comfortable with saying I think Bill O'Brien failed miserably. I don't like his style. I don't like the way that the wheels came off. And that's what happens to that kind of coaching is when you don't get just the right the right formula of players in there, man, the wheels come off and it's an ugly situation. And it all blew up. The dumpster blew up and there's no doubt about it. But I'm not one to sit here and lay it all at Bill O'Brien's feet. I, I think those decisions were made – um, in a, in a group effort, yeah. uh, I think it took well, time. Well, they both to, said as much. It took right. It took time to do um, as much damage as they did, right. and it wasn't just Bill O'Brien. And to think that that group that was doing that damage, when when doing the damage was at its peak, the guy that they were trying to bring into the mix and bring into the fold was Nick Casario, right. and now here we are. Bill O'Brien's gone, and, and we're going to insert Nick in, into the yeah. into the equation. It's just a I don't know. It's it's just tough. It's kind of a buzzkill for me, Locke. It's it's it's. I, I I'm not gonna. I, I think Bill O'Brien and and Easterby were a package deal, but I just wonder if that's really how exactly Easterby envisioned it, given the fact that he did try to hire Nick Casario. Like if they would have fired Brian Gain and never even tried to hire Casario, then I would be like, okay, maybe he wanted to do this from the beginning, and I think he wanted power. I think I think that's very well documented, but I just wonder what it would have been like if Casario had come here. Like, what would Jack Easterby's role have been? And I do think the one thing about Jack Easterby, and I want him gone. Let's just be honest. I, I, I don't want, I, I think it's, I don't like people being pissed off and, and mad. And there's a lot of fans that are pissed off and mad at, at, at the Easterby perception. And and, and quite honestly, the, the, the reputation he's earned as a personnel guy that's got us in this situation. But I will say, Nick Casario knows what Jack Easterby's good at. And I think there was a time before he came here where I think all around the NFL, because the Colts tried to hire him, I think the, an, another team tried to hire him, his value in an organization was clear, and he wasn't making trades. He wasn't handling the salary cap. It was clear. And Casario was with him. So I think if Casario comes here, just like we heard Bill Belichick the week that the Texans faced the Patriots, just dismiss him. Remember when he just brushed him off his shoulder? Yeah. He's not a personnel guy. Yeah. Get the hell out of yes. here. Yes. Casario knows that. So I find it hard to believe that Casario would come here, and if he wanted to keep Easterby around, knowing all that and knowing more than anyone, that he's going to say, "All right, come to the draft room with me, buddy. Let's yeah. go out. There. Let's go out there and make draft moves." So he might actually be able to, for lack of a better term, put him in his place and bring Easterby back to that guy that he was before he came to Houston, that was an asset at an organization before he kind of. You know, yeah. showed his naked butt trying to be a personnel guy and trying to do too much. Yeah, like the the I heard you said earlier today, or maybe you tweeted it or something. I I thought it's a great point, right? Is is it's no longer about Easterby being able to impact decisions once the head coach and the general manager decisions are made. Because I think he's I think he's in a position to impact and influence and and manipulate those two hires. Unfortunately, I do think he's in those hip pockets of the decision makers, but. Once these two decisions are made, I agree with you. I'm not concerned with Jack Easterby getting in the way of a DeAndre Hopkins or what they're going to do with JJ or what they're going to do with Cooks or Fuller or whoever. Right? I'm not worried. I'm no longer worried about that. the The biggest concern is exactly what you said: is the stench, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. stench, the disconnect with the fan base, being pissed off that Jack Easterby's still in there pulling strings. Just the name in it in itself has been. Blown out of proportion, quite frankly. There's a 30-page article written yeah. about the guy that we discussed for a week on radio. Mm-hmm. Just that stench is is really uh, it, it's stuck in the crawl of the fan base, and and it's going to be a problem until they turn it around. And the players have talked about it, no doubt. I mean, the players have talked about it. JJ 
talking about articles. I mean, what other article has been written? Yeah. Deshaun talking about, about culture. Yeah. The players have talked about it. And that, I think that is the dangerous, the dangerous part of this is that if he is going to, if Casario is going to come here, and let's say Casario is going to say, what, what the hell are you doing in, the, in, the, in, in here watching tape? Get, your, get out of here and go read some scripture or something like that to somebody. <laughs> like, do that. If he yeah. does do that, I think it might be more difficult for Easterby to have that role now that there could be trust issues with players. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, look, there, there's no, there's nothing more dangerous than a guy that's that's not qualified to be in that building and in that role, having the freedom to manipulate the ones that don't know what he can and can't do. Right. I, I think your point of of Nick Casario knows who Jack Easterby is, knows what he's capable of, no one knows what lane he should be in, and you would think that Nick Casario would make sure that he's in that lane, he stays in that lane, and he doesn't overstep boundaries, which you, I hope, in turn, keeps keeps Easterby from becoming an issue with the locker room and with the superstar players. Seven one three five seven two four six ten. The search is upon us. Let's go to Tom. Tom, you're on with Landry Locker and Clint Sterner. Hey, guys. Appreciate you all taking my call today. Um, so, again, my question just for discussion is this. You know, we know – Cal has been wanting um, – he's been wanting Nick Casario for about 18 months. And if he's going to end up hiring the same guy he wanted 18 months, what was the point of the ad hoc committee? Um, I'll go ahead and I'll hang up, but that's my question to you all. I mean, that's a good question. No, no look, Landry, there, there's a lot of what's gone on since Bill O'Brien was relieved of his duties. There's been a lot that's gone on that I wonder today, with, like literally within the last two hours – of was it all smoke and mirrors? There's a lot, we, we can start. We want we, we can, can start it. and get into, that, oh, but we that's, can get into that. There's a lot of that that you just go. Wait a minute. What'd you say about uh, Bazrigan? Why was Bazrigan not named the GM? Well, because because you knew what was the plan was right. It's easy to go. It's easy to go. Hey Easterby, we, we, this, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna boom, and we're gonna plug in Casario. It's easy to make those adjustments. And I think there's just a lot of smoke that we've seen over the last month that. Or two months, really, hell, almost three months. That um, it's hard to explain right now. Let's get into the smoke. The search continues. Landry Locker, Clint Sterner. Looks like Nick Casario is going to be your general manager. We don't know who the coaches are going to be. We're going to get into that, and we're going to talk about some of this smoke next. Sports Radio six ten presents the search special. All right, it looks like Nick Casario is going to be the general manager of the Houston Texans. That, according to John McClain. Sounds familiar? Could happen, but who's going to be the next head coach? And what about the smoke? Should we have seen this coming? Clint Sterner uh, with me, Landry Locker here, uh, Jacob holding us down. There's been a lot of smoke around here lately. Uh, and when people see that Nick Casario is getting hired, they just wonder if, you know, this has been the. The decision from the very beginning. Yeah, this has been booked. This bet's been booked for a while, right? I mean, you you start with, um, we've all with this station, we we we've discussed why was Jack Easterby the interim GM if Matt Bazergan was the guy you were going to interview? I think was he the first or the second? Maybe he was the second. The second GM that you interviewed for the GM opening. Why didn't you? G, Matt Bazergan was in the building. Why didn't you just slide him in to that GM role if he was qualified to be a GM to the point where he got an interview? Well. In hindsight, it makes a lot more sense to put Jack Easterby in that role and and have Jack Easterby in a position where he obviously is close with with Nick Casario. And when it comes time, he can move on out of that seat. Nick Casario can move in there. Now that move makes a little bit more sense instead of playing with Matt Bazergan's career 
and playing with Matt Bazergan's mind and his emotions, leave him in the role that he's in with the Texans. He's he's do he's they think he's doing doing a really really good job, and let Easterby be the guy that you move around. You talk about the coaching. Why is Robert Sala and Eric Bieniemy not on the uh, not on the, the the list of of coaches coaching candidates that the Texans have been linked to? Possibly because they knew Nick Casario was going to be the guy, and Nick Casario doesn't have any ties or any relationships or any history with either of those either of those coaches. It's going to be interesting to see who he hires because if Dable, from a perception standpoint, I think Dable would be the one that would have people going the the, the craziest. But I, I think Joe Brady has a chance to to be the guy. I, I think 31-year-old Joe Brady has a chance to be the guy with Nick Casario. And I'm telling you this, if you get if you tell me right now, no matter what Easterby's doing, if you told me before the offseason started or after week four when B.O.B. got fired that I was going to be on the air and it was going to be Nick Casario and Joe Brady overseeing things, sign me up. Sign me, sign me mm. up. Sign me up for every single ounce of that. That's ballsy. I, I mean, I'm here. Look, I, I like. I, I think Joe Brady's got a very bright future in the NFL. I don't know if it's an offensive X's and O's schematical genius or if it's a head coach. And and I I give I admire his track record of what he's done in a short period of time. And I love the fact that he comes from, um, or at least spent some time with. Uh, Sean Payton, I absolutely love that. That I mean, I, I was in a I was in a meeting room with Sean Payton, He's our quarterback coach, pass game coordinator in Dallas for a year. I mean, we were. I, I love the way that he coaches football and the way he approaches football. And I would love to see Joe Brady, and more importantly, I would love to see Deshaun Watson in Joe Brady's offense. But that is a huge roll of the dice on his ability to be a head coach and manage an entire staff and an entire organization when he's never done it. Especially one that needs all the needs that the Houston locker room needs is man, there there's just there's just a lot on that guy's plate. That, that's man. that's fair. That that's very, very, very fair. It, it is a lot of pressure. But all the names that we're throwing out there, they've never done it really either. They've they've they, they it would be their first time to be a head coach as well. And I just don't know at what point do we just realize, man, this kid might be special, you know? Yeah. I mean when when Ed Orgeron is on the hot seat, and you're an SEC guy, you know this, and the offense is a huge problem and he's trusting a twenty nine year old to come in there and oversee it and they set records. They set SEC records, they set national records. He okay, there you go. He he justified any concern you had. Carolina this year. If if you look at the improvement that they made, uh, what's what the players did? They were the only team in the league to have four guys total a thousand yards. They had two receivers in the top fifteen. He did a good job there. At what point do we just look at this and say this guy's special? This guy's this guy is a boy wonder. Yeah, like I, I think it's something to me. It's one of those where and Sean and I had this conversation. You, you, this this guy's got to be special in a sense of having an it factor to a to the the tenth degree, right? I mean. And, and that's, the good thing is, is that's not something that I think you pick up when you turn 45, right? I mean, either you got that or you don't. It's not an age limit. Um, and I think the only way that he gets serious consideration for this head coach job or any other head coach job in the league is if he walks in and he, and he has an interview presentation that absolutely blows folks' minds in the sense of, all right, 
I mean, literally every box being checked. Who's the defensive coordinator and how's that guy going to fix these problems? Who's going to help make the decision of what J.J. Watt's going to do? Who's your, what's your plan for Deshaun Watson schematically? Obviously, we know he's got that, that box checked. Um, just, just everything from, from the coaching staff to the culture to the leadership issues, how he had to walk in. If he's the guy, he had to walk in and completely blow that interview out of the water, man. I think there's a chance he did. No, no, there's a yeah. There's hell, obviously he did it. He did it uh, in Carolina with Matt Rule. I mean, Matt Rule gets his gets a head coaching gig in the NFL, and he goes, "Yeah, come on in, young buck. I'll, I'll give you my offense." So it's not that he. I don't believe that he can't do it. I just think it's it would be unbelievably impressive if he does. Yeah, there, there's just a lot of there's just a lot of guys that I I respect from a, from a coaching standpoint that have shown so much belief in this kid. To where I just think it would be it would be foolish to let this guy walk just because he's thirty one years old. Like Sean Payton just takes you from Penn State and keeps you under his wing for two years, and then Matt Rule with his first head coaching job in the NFL lets you oversee his offense, and then Matt Rule this year says, "Hey, I know you like calling him in the booth. Come down to the sidelines because you got a co- you got a head coaching future. You need to start seeing this game from the sidelines." And he brings Joe Brady down and puts him on the sidelines. There's just so many. There's just so many signs that this guy is like another Sean McVay, and he's and he's very very special. You, you, I mean, you make a great point. Like, I mean, it's it, why should why should I sit here and doubt his ability to wow people in an interview uh, situation or an interview room when he clearly did it with Matt Rule, when he clearly did it with Matt or I mean, with uh, with with Sean with, Payton or Sean Payton, but James Orgeron also. I was going to ask you who who he was under in, in in Penn State. Franklin, I knew it was Penn State, but I didn't know who was the head coach at the time. Franklin's awfully impressive as well. He's, I mean, he, there's no BS there. We we interviewed him at at one of the one of the big events here. Um, he's an impressive individual, and so clearly he didn't go from Franklin um, to Sean Payton. Payton to Ed Orgeron to Matt Rule. BS in his way yeah. through the process. I, it's one of my favorite stories to tell, but I just I, I talked to someone who was in Green Bay when Holmgren and Andy Reid uh, were there, uh, along with like Mariucci, John Dorsey was there. It was like one of the most impressive uh, coaching trees that you've ever seen. And Sean Payton was just that little snot-nosed kid walking around bringing them coffee. Uh, and it's my buddy Brian Broaddus who was a scout there. Sean Payton's walking around, he's watching tape, he's doing all the grunt work, he's doing everything, and every once in a while they would just ask, ask Sean Payton, this, this little zealous kid, probably just making sure they have enough cream in their coffee and turning on tape and giving opinions. They'd just ask him what he thought. And Broadus told me a story about how they asked Sean Payton about the, the draft. Uh, it was the draft when Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf were coming out. And they just, they just said, hey, kid, what do you think about uh, the quarterbacks in this draft? And Sean Payton says Manning over Ryan Leaf, no hesitation. And Matt Hasselbeck, I think you guys have him uh, rated as like a sixth-round pick. That's a third-round quarterback right there. And they drafted (laughs) Hasselbeck, and he was like the backup. And that just kind of reminds me, I I say all that to say this, because Sean Payton from Green Bay – he went with Parcells, which you know. So yep. Parcells trusted this this guy to to be his uh, assistant head coach and, and oversee the offense. He was basically a coach in waiting before he took the Saints job. And it just seems like when Sean Payton trusts Joe Brady like that, it just seems like you're almost getting like a reincarnation of the whole thing. Yeah, there, there's a story out there too on Joe Brady locked it where he was how the LSU coaches found him. It was some kind of coaching clinic where I believe Sean Payton was supposed to be presenting the offense and some some certain concept they run. I don't know which one it was. But he couldn't. He ended up not being able to make it. 
And the coach said, well, you, do you want us to steal? He said, yeah, I got a guy that will run it. Well, it was Joe Brady. And that, that's how the LSU coaching staff was like. They left there like, damn, we got to get that guy down here. I read an article yesterday. I would pee my pants if I were a coach and I had to present to all these guys at that age. My man got up there and rocked, it, especially if it was Ed Orgeron. I don't know. I could probably, I could probably talk some offensive ball in front of Ed Orgeron. I, I, I probably, I, I feel like I probably know a little more offensive ball than Ed O. Probably, but, but nonetheless, the the uh, I read an article yesterday or earlier today where you may have heard this. Joe Brady, when he took the LSU job, Sean Payton told him that he was making a huge mistake. And now, of course, John Payton comes back now and goes, boy, what the hell do I know? He's clearly didn't make a mistake. But he told him you're making the biggest mistake. And he didn't he, think and he, he knew. He didn't think he was ready, huh? He was ready, baby. There ain't no doubt about that. I mean, because there's no, there, there's no, I mean, there's no doubting what this guy brings to the table offensively. I, look, look, you got me excited about the possibility. I still think it's a super long shot. Oh, it is. It's, but, it's a risk, man. Like, it's a risk. And he, look, we, he's never been a head coach. Yeah, never been a head coach. There's always a risk there, right? None of these guys have been. risk, but it's intriguing. It's intriguing, and I will promise you this. I'll promise you this: the offense will thrive with Joe Brady and Deshaun Watson. Yeah, you said what? What you you said earlier? The, the, the staff hiring the staff will be huge, right? I think hiring the staff is very important with Joe Brady because I do think one thing: when you're 31 years old and you're that young, you don't have as many connections. But I think pairing Nick Casario with Joe Brady. I think that actually helps because Casario has the Rolodex. And say what you want about New England, they do a pretty good job of hiring assistant coaches. They do, they do a pretty good job. So I think that if you do pair Casario with Joe Brady, I think there's some good possibilities. Hell, maybe you bring in you, – you mentioned Jack Del Rio during the break. Maybe you bring him in to overlook the defense and he's like your a, a assistant head coach or something like that. Maybe you bring in one of these guys you interviewed in, Jim Caldwell or Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis oversees your defense. He wants back in the game, and you have that that wisdom right there with this boy Wonder. Who says no to that? That that would be a great role for one of those older coaches, right? And, and Marv Lewis is is the defensive minded uh, one of the bunch, but but that'd be a great role for him to be able to come in, coach defensive ball, and and be be a, a sounding board for a young up and coming head coach to be able to to bounce things off of him of how to handle. Uh, certain situations. I think the scariest thing when you talk about a Joe Brady and even a Nick Casario is the first decision they're going to have to make, right, is the J.J. Watt situation. Yeah, that's right? scary. How, how do you renegotiate that, that restructure his deal? What do you do? Do you walk? Do you move him? How, how does that all unfold? That's going to be a monster hurdle for whoever gets the gig immediately. Sometimes when you come in, you just got to gotta make those tough decisions. You, you go back to 88, Jerry Jones having to fire Tom Landry. Probably mm-hmm. did it the wrong way, but he came out there and made that tough move. Took the backlash, and if you just start winning, uh, it goes away. But, yep. yeah, that is a decision they're going to have to make. And let's be honest, maybe it's not even their decision. Maybe J.J. Watt's already ready to uh, to bounce. Who knows? 713-572-4610. Let's go to hey. Eric. Eric, go ahead. Hey, guys. First time uh, – a long-time listener, first-time caller. Appreciate y'all taking my call. Man, I'm sitting around here, and I'm looking at my room full of Houston, Texas things, and, man, I couldn't be more excited for this GM pick. I think Nick Casario is a, a great pickup, has six rings to, uh, to back it up. Now, this is only uh, one part of the equation. We need to see what he does uh, with hiring a coach. Hopefully he doesn't stick to those uh, New England roots. And then we're, we're looking at, uh, shoot, give me Sala, uh, give me Brady, or even give me enemy. Give me any one of those, and I'll be happy. Let's go Texans, baby. Go. That's the attitude nice. I like. I will say this, though, and, and, and I, wonder, I wonder if when we talk about the Patriot way, 
If Casario does come here and he does hire someone that has nothing to do with the Patriots like a Joe Brady, doesn't that just throw that throw that in the trash can? Because that that is not very Patriot way for him to say, all right, yeah. Joe Brady, I'm going to make you my my first head coach. Isn't that wouldn't that immediately be a way to kind of it's not going to go away. But wouldn't that be kind of like a no. middle finger to people saying that's no the Patriot question. way? No, Locke, we, we talked about it earlier right when this serial thing broke, is, is I think that the one thing – like I don't care I – I shouldn't say I don't care. That's, that's strong to say, especially when we cover the team. But like GM, the GM conversations yeah. – yeah. like they don't like, – We don't know these guys most of the time. Let's be honest. Look, like we, we, A lot of times you've got to fire up the Wikipedia and all that well, when you hear these names. The only time we talk about them is when they're screwing up. Right, right. Not drafting right, yeah. trading the wrong players. Or when don't it's have also the head one. coach. Or right. when it's also the head coach. <laughs> right. So, so the 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 saving grace here is if Nick Casario or whoever gets the GM job, when they hire the head coach, that's going to be the saving grace, right? Does Nick Casario come in here and does he immediately go back to that to the Belichick tree to hire a head coach and 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 does that head coach then hire a deep, Matt Patricia as a defensive coordinator and and is it just literally Patriots of the South again? Or is it Nick Nick Casario standing on his own two feet and doing things as as we've discussed, like like hiring a, an extremely young head coach? Um, again, whether that's Sala or or whoever Joe Brady, whoever the hell it may be, that that changes the tune. And I think this fan base will get behind that type of situation in a big, big, big way. the 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 big hire here is the head coach. The the head the, yeah, the that's guy the one. that's the one that ultimately right now look the, the ant bed's been kicked right the ant bed's been kicked right now because there's no head coach and Casario is, has got the ant the ant bed stirred up big time the fan base doesn't like it because it's all about what if he does this or what if he does that I don't give a damn about whether which GM it is. I want to know who that guy's going to hire and what direction he's going to send this organization via the head coach. That's what I, that's that's and I think that the fan base they'll forget about the Casario situation in a matter of days if that head coach hire is right. Yeah, if it, if it's not if it's not connected to Patriots, if it's the opposite, I think that's something that people can get on board with. 713-572-4610 Landry Locker, Clint Sterner, it is the search on Sports Radio 610. Let's go to Kevin. Kevin, go ahead. Hey, uh, first of all, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I've got two comments. One is to you, Clint. I uh, recently watched a uh, a docu movie about, uh, I guess it was your guard. Yeah, Brandon Burlesworth. You know, the young man who. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, bro. We got to. We, we, we're, we're talking about something completely different. It was a good movie, though. I did enjoy it. Although Clint was kind of a jerk in it. They kind of portrayed my man as kind of a jerk. Well, you know, I'm not an asshole, uh, like y'all. Come on, man. <laughs> All right, let's go to Mark. Mark, you're uh, you're on Sports Radio 16. Go ahead. Is is Mike? Oh, uh, go ahead, <laughs> Mike. Mark, go ahead. But, yeah, I've I've been listening to uh, you, Landry, since ten o'clock all day. All right. The main thing I wanted to say is that uh, to me, if they hired Nick Casario, I really wouldn't care about Jackie's to be Noah Kyle McNair anymore. All I would care about is who is Nick Casario's staff. Can he evaluate players, and who is his next head coach? If he hires Eberflus, Brian Dayball, or Robert Sala, I'm on board. If he does a good job, just like you said all day, Jack Easterby wouldn't go back to a GM role. He would go back to a culture culture, just go to the side and go do something else. He would not go back to the same role. Even another GM, even if it wasn't Nick Casario, 
I don't think that the new GM would, would bring back all Jackie's to be in the same role he's been in. So what you have to think about is what if I feel like Nick Casario is a GM. Y'all feel like y'all been reporting it all day. What can Nick Casario do once he get here? Who is his staff? Yeah. Who is the head coach that he's looking for? All of that matters. That's 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 that, that's that's the most important decision he's going to make. Uh, you know the staff. Uh, I don't think you can evaluate him in the draft this year. Uh, now you can lay out the New England the last twenty years, and we don't we don't know that he has the final call there with Belichick either. Uh, to be fair, Belichick could be the guy that's you know drafting, but this year the the draft it would be a miracle if the Texans had an awesome draft, given the fact they don't have a first and a second round pick. But the staff, the coach. All that, that's going to be the, the most important thing that he can do. Well, you go back to one more reason why the coaching staff is so important, right? I mean, the, the, I think I think we can all agree that this this group here in Houston, this this roster right now, has been as poorly coached as there is in the league over time. And and, and it, we watched it unfold this year. And, and so a big part of, of having to do more with less, right, of having to do more with lower round draft picks and, and the Texans are going to have to sign a, a monster um, uh, free agent um you know, free agent group this year after the draft and undrafted free agent group and 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 try to find two or three diamonds in the rough that can help you. I mean, those are the kind of obstacles that this next coaching staff is going to be up against. And ultimately, hiring that right coach, it's important for several reasons. One of those reasons is that guy better be a hell of a football coach. That guy better be an on-field, cleats-in-the-turf coach that that develops talent and, and, and gets more guys playing at or above their ceiling immediately. And you need a good staff. I mean, none of this, like, oh, this guy coached me in college, come coach the receivers, John yep, Perry agreed. stuff. None of this, this guy followed me around for 11 years, come on, Tim Kelly, let's go. None of this, Mike Devlin, for whatever reason, he gets to stay around. you got to hire a good staff. I mean, just look at the division. Look at the state of the division. There are two third-year coaches in this division who have assistants that, ha- that, that possess the opposite skill that they have as far as side of the ball. Eberflus defense, Frank Reich's offense, and then Vrabel's a defensive coach. He has an offensive coach. They have assistants that everyone wants to talk to about head coaching openings. Yep. That is the type of stuff that you need uh, in, in an organization. It, it, it's about talent on the field, and it's about the s- hiring, the right, uh, hiring the right guys. Let's go to Gary. Gary, you're on Sports Radio 610. Hey, just want to say... I'm very disappointed with this Casario news. Come on, Gary, um, why? I mean, to me, it just it's signaling that we're going to keep Easterby. And I mean, I mean, what does this guy have? Pictures? What's what's going on? I mean, he's not a personnel guy. He's clearly caused some disruption in the organization. And McNair is just hell bent upon keeping him. I just I just don't get it. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm wishing the team the best, but. Why go back down the Patriot route? Bill O'Brien completely tore the franchise down, and then you go right back to the well. I just don't get it. I, I just don't. I just can't compare Bill O'Brien's Patriot way to Nick Casario's. I just can't do it. He, he's been there since day one. He's done a lot of different things. Bill O'Brien went there after McDaniels left, and he called plays for Tom Brady, Randy Moss, and Wes Welker. I, I just think if we're looking at the Patriot way, I think the problem with the Patriot way, a lot of times it's failed, is you have these blowhards like Matt Patricia and Bill O'Brien who spend some time in New England and they act like they invented football and like they can act like Bill Belichick. 
Nick Casario doesn't doesn't act like that. Like he doesn't, I, and I, I don't think a lot of people have really heard Nick Casario talk or anything. But he doesn't he doesn't act like like that. That's that's not the kind of guy that that, that he is. Like that's just he, he definitely he, does. he doesn't strike you as that kind of guy. The, the biggest concern when we talk about the Patriot way and Nick Casario, the biggest concern. There's two aspects that that concern me. And that's what does he do with the assistant coaches like we talked about? Does he does he get a bunch of the guys like you just mentioned <laughs> to come in here and head coach, offensive coordinator, defense coordinator? Or the number two thing is the good guy roster thing. I think that's one thing that really grinds the gears. I, I know it, it grinds my gears for damn sure. The the Clowney's not the worker bee, so he's in the doghouse of, of the coach. Well, and, hell, if it's a Patriot way, they're going to be bringing in some some guys that you roll the dice on. If, if, if he's just going to do everything that they do there, right? Who like who's that? Who would that be? Who are you referring to? Uh, Casario. Yeah, no, but who who would they who did they bring in that that Albert Hainsworth, Randy Moss, Ocho Cinco? Yeah, no, yeah, no, they, no. They they've experimented Antonio Brown, right? I mean, they they've they'll experiment with players. I'm talking about I'm talking about a scenario where you you draft a guy like Clowney, and over years, oh yeah, he just he just doesn't turn out to be the quote unquote worker bee, but he's dis, I mean he's disruptive as hell in the field. And you grow tired of him and move him on. Yeah. That that's the kind of thing that 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 scares me. Is what do you do with the assistants and and how do you handle the locker room and what do you believe in building that culture? Is the culture a bunch of good guys or is the culture a bunch of dogs? I I, I that that's what I worry about is the the trickle down effect of Nick Casario being the assistants and the culture and how it affects the locker room. All right, Landry Locker, Clint Sterner here. It is the search on Sports Radio uh, six ten. It's been fun, man. It's only going to get more fun. Hell, we could get we could hop in the car and find out that Nick Casario is officially the GM of the Houston Texans. It's over. That's a quick hour, brother. That's a quick, That's a quick hour. hour. Appreciate you. Appreciate John McClain. Appreciate Jacob uh, for holding it down. Appreciate all the uh, all the callers here on Sports Radio six ten. We're going to do this every day. Uh, it is going to uh, it is going to be some special programming uh, right here at six o'clock. Again, just to just to reset what we learned during this hour, John McClain says that Nick Casario will be the GM. Josh McDaniels will not be the head coach. And other than that, we don't have a damn clue. There we go. That's it. Joe Brady's a hot item. He's a hot item right now on, the, on, on the coaching market. Bring me the ginger boy wonder. I'll <laughs> well, talk to he's you. He's a ginger. He is a ginger. See? Ginger nation, baby. See, Come two, on. Two gingers right there. <laughs> uh, I'll be on tomorrow at 10 a.m. Clint's going to be on tomorrow. Uh, at two, Payne and Pendergast get you started at six. But coming up, you're going to hear uh, some more on this uh, this situation with the Houston Texans. The search, John McClain. If you missed it the first time, you're not going to want to miss it because John McClain came in swinging and he gave you some news that you need to know. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.